Cheers, y'all. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, and other persons to this fine radio program and podcast known as Smokin' and Toastin'. We're all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars, ladies and gentlemen, the world-famous Smokin' and Toastin'. We are so glad you're here for show number 204. The title of today's show is Let the Oktoberfest Begin. And it's not even October yet. Well, you almost have to start early because it's getting to be, you know how it is when, you know, it's almost Halloween and you go to the store to get like some Halloween decorations or stuff and all you can find is Christmas trees. <laughs> it's kind of like that with uh, with Oktoberfest. Yep. If you don't start buying it in August and September, you may not be able to find it when October rolls around. So, um, you know, because obviously breweries have to allow for time to get it out there and have it be on the shelf and what have you. So, uh, And if they produce too much of it too late, November rolls around and people aren't necessarily thinking Oktoberfest anymore. So they you know, are moving on to winter warmers and Christmas beers and, and what have you. But today, we'll do something that we actually have not done before on the program. In 204 episodes, we've never done a blind taste test of Oktoberfest beers. That's going to be fun. So, yes, it will. <laughs> Anytime we do a blind taste test of anything, it's generally pretty fun. <laughs> so, welcome to the show. We're all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And we are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. It is a... That place is kind of cool. It is a kind of cool place. It's a website where you can buy cool uh, cigar aficionado-type uh, T-shirts. Not affiliated with the magazine, but you can buy uh, T-shirts for cigar lovers. Ian's wearing one right now. You can't hurry up and smoke a cigar. on. It's pretty darn cool. It's a nice, comfy shirt, yeah. too. And, you know, these shirts start at, uh, like, under $20, and so they're not, like, super expensive. It's not one of those things, like... You ever go to like the band merch table when you go to see a band you really like and you go, "Oh man, I really love that T-shirt. It looks great." How much? Sixty bucks. Ooh. <laughs> Bono, you and the Edge have a nice life because I just like paid your children's the last time, college. The here. last time I paid sixty bucks for a concert shirt, it was at a Clutch show. And yeah. they had the Dickie style work shirt, and the entire back was was well, the logo at least and everything. That's and that what, was pretty awesome. And I'm exaggerating. Very few concert shirts are sixty. Although you can easily pay sixty oh, for a hoodie. That's not that exaggerating. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, like you know forty bucks is pretty common for a T-shirt. That's well, crazy. MyCigarShirts.com is a sponsor of the show. We appreciate you. Uh, I got a note from them, by the way, last week that said uh, on the day of the show last week they had several people clock in and, and order some shirts so i think they awesome. may have been they may have been uh, people responding to the show so thank you i think if Bruce you did said he ordered one for and, supporting and our my people buddy Stan did too so. that's awesome well i tell you what we have uh they, they have a lot of great designs at mycigarshirts.com and the holidays are coming and i've been told that there are new designs about to hit too so Ooh. exciting stuff so um now the show here today and and every day for our 204 episodes is hosted by my good friend uh, Ian Barry and myself. My name is Cruz. But one of the things that happens crazy. here on the show that we don't talk as much about as we probably should is all the behind the scenes stuff. And that is all capably handled by our producer. I call him the guy on the wheels of steel, uh, Adam Andrus. And he's pretty amazing. Adam is amazing. We regularly, it, today he'll be doing the pouring of our blind tasting beers. So he'll be handing us just the cups. We won't know what 
you know what the beer is until the end of the segment. But uh, he does all the behind-the-scenes stuff. He gets the show posted. He does the show notes. Well, you know, if you pay attention, when I'm pouring drinks for the show or when you're pouring drinks for the show, we always have one extra cup. That's right. And that's and, for him. And we always pass that to yeah. Adam because we have... You know, we have a, a thing that we believe in firmly here at Smoking and Toasting. A work and ethic. Share, it, share alike, and if the producer's drunk, he won't ask for a raise. Exactly right. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> we try to do anything we can to keep the producer from asking for a raise because we'd kind of be screwed without him. So with that in mind, let me just get something out of my bag here. I have a little gift. What, what's happening here? I have a little gift for our producer. A, a gift for the producer. Yeah, Are you going to have to be... Are you going to have to be on camera or at least on mic here? Yeah. Uh, I just had to reach down to the bag to get my gift. I have a gift for our producer, Adam, from MyCigarShirts.com. Check it out. Ooh. Can you see? Am I holding that where you can see it in the, uh, in the camera there? That's there awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a checklist of things that sound good. Does that sound good Cuban, to you, Dominican, Nicaraguan, Ecuadorian, Honduran, and checked all of the above. Yeah, there you go. So that is for you, Adam. Happy Producer's Day. <laughs> and don't ask for a raise. Swag, <laughs> yeah. Swag is always swag, and a little extra, a uh, little extra beer and spirits. Sometimes, not not a bad. You know, thing. If, if you were to put that on right now, we would be my cigar shirt Twinkies. That's right. <laughs> That'd be that's awesome. Pre- that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So mycigarshirts.com. dot com buddies, check them out because cigars. Because cigars. Uh, we are doing an Oktoberfest blind tasting today, but as you may have seen at the top of the show, if you're watching the video feed, we have sitting on Mr. Torligig another of the things that we'll be tasting today, mm. and it is a tequila from the Sousa Tequila Company. It's their Añejo called Tres Generaciones. Now, that means three generations, mm. uh, or uh, as I like to say... Uh, they have a whole line of that. <clears throat> yes, they do. And, and I'm a fan of it. And I it's, think it's, it's their higher-end uh, tequila. You can get the regular Sousa, or you can get mm-hmm. the Tres Generaciones in, I think, three iterations. I believe there's a Blanco. I know there's a Reposado and an Añejo. And they've changed the packaging on this because it used to be a bottle with the the kind of the heads of the three guys. Well, almost square, almost trapezoidal, Mm -hmm. uh, more austere-looking model. Yeah, and it had the three guys. No, it was the round one. It may have been. I don't don't remember. It was a round bottle with the three guys. It wasn't this shape, so this is a new shape bottle, and instead of the three heads, there's three bars there. Uh, signifying the three generations. But uh, anyway, I have uh, actually used to drink this tequila very regularly. I haven't had any in a long time. Those three bars, by the way, interestingly enough, are mm-hmm. in three levels of definition. Like one yes, of they them are. Is, one of them is kind of uh, painted with some voids in the paint. The next one's a little fuzzy around the edges, and the last one is very uh, solid. Yep. So it's an interesting, you know, it's very artistic. Yes. And there's probably a meaning behind it. Which perhaps only the Sousa family great will know. Bottle. Yeah, it is a great looking so, bottle. So and we'll also, I want to thank you for when you bring in these bottles, you always do the uh, the courtesy of making sure that they're open, so I don't have to fight with it. That's that's an important it. part that's, of the. It's important. an important part of it. You I know, noticed you also cleared a little off the top, so it won't in spell. fairness, there's not that much <laughs> gone, so you'll still have to be very careful. You'll still have to be very careful. <laughs> uh, also on the program today, uh, I'm very excited about today's drinking news. Now. There's no way we're going to be able to top last week's drinking news story. I still laugh about last week. So when you said bionic penis, I just lost. It. <laughs> I, I I was done. If you haven't heard last week's drinking news story, go check out the final segment of show number two hundred four for drinking news. It, it, believe me, it'll be worth your time uh, to do so. And also, that's the segment where Ian debuted with a ukulele. By the way, 
our drinking new song. And you brought the ukulele again today, correct? This is why I'm so excited about drinking news. So the story won't live up to last week. I, I'm just let me just say that now, so we don't ramp up expectations too high. But it'll be fun, and we'll be drinking, and it'll be drinking news. Drinking um, news. <clears throat> there's a uh, a big big news on the front of Cuba. Uh, President Trump has passed new restrictions uh, regarding what we can and can't do as it pertains to Cuba. So we'll share that with you. It's not good news for cigar lovers. Um, the CRA and PCA are hosting a virtual cigar town hall. We'll tell you about that and how mm. to get involved in it. And CRA, one of our favorite organizations mm -hmm. in the world, because that's Cigar Rights of America, and they do great work on our behalf. Plus, Yangling. Yeah, spell that. Ha yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, if, if Yingling might be the only really difficult word on the spelling bee that I have, I'd have a shot at getting right because I could visualize the bottle in my mind. Mm -hmm. um, but Yingling has now gone over to the dark side. They've joined forces with Coors. What? Yep. So we'll tell you about that coming up. So awkward. Uh, also, yes, exactly. Also, there's a uh, a whiskey that is one um, best. Whiskey value for two years in a row. So we'll share with you uh, what that is. And the 2020 Cigar Trophy winners have been announced. And so there's some pretty cool cigars on that list. So we'll share that list you with have, you You well. have a lot of lofty goals for today's show. Uh, considering that we're drinking lots of Oktoberfest? Assuming we're drinking, yeah. Considering we're drinking I'm, a lot of Oktoberfest. And, and, you know, fortunately, we never tend to get derailed or go off no, topic. No, not at all. We, we were, like, late getting started today just, you know, because... We were, you know. I told Bruce Stark we were waiting for him. <laughs> okay, good. It's it's important to he, have Bruce. He put up, whoo, I just made it. Uh, I was like, good. yeah, we were waiting yeah, for we were, you. Yeah, we were, we were waiting for you, Bruce. That's what it was. We appreciate that. <laughs> so anyway, lots of stuff going on, uh, and we want to get to our Oktoberfest blind tasting. I haven't counted how many beers, but I bet there's about a dozen, so we'll be uh, so we'll be looking forward to doing that tasting. That's a lot tasting. of October. That's a lot of October. And I generally love the Oktoberfest style, mm -hmm. but my um, experience has been... When I know what I'm drinking, at least, I would tell you there are some I like a lot more than others. So it'll be very interesting to me to do this in a blind taste test and see without knowing what this is. Are we going to do another pumpkin beer tasting? I don't know. I, there's no pumpkin beers in today. This is all Oktoberfest. No, no, this is Oktoberfest. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just asking. I think I think we've done that the last bunch of years. I think we have. I don't know if there's any new ones. It's, it's always kind of fun. And there might be some new. I don't it's know. We'll fun. we'll take a, we'll take a look and see if it if it maybe we'll just you know spread a few pumpkin beers throughout November and December and not do a blind uh, not do a blind taste test. But anyway, Oktoberfest will be fun today. Uh, crazy week for me. I assume it has been for you as well. But did you have the opportunity to smoke anything interesting, my friend? Funny you should ask. Yeah, I did. I um. I like Oscar Valadares. Yes, you do. You you're uh, a pretty big fan There's of that whole line. Something about pretty much everything that he's come out with that I really enjoy. They're kind of like e EPC that way. I, mm -hmm. There's not anything in the line I can think of that I go, man, I don't really like that one so much. Um, and there's certain certain companies that are just good like that. So I, I have this. Uh, it was kicking around in my my game father door. comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those are great. Uh, the, uh, I had the, uh, kicking around in humidor the uh, Oscar Valderas um, uh, Cicerone edition. Oh, wow. Have you seen this? I think I have. You, I'm trying to remember. You definitely remember it because the wrapper is unique. So the is artist. This one, it's not one of the ones that comes wrapped in 
a tobacco leaf, right? No, that's that's the leaf. That's the leaf Oscar. by Oscar. Okay. So uh, this one has this big artistic band on it. It's about eighty percent of the cigar is covered by uh, an outer band. It's original work by Honduran artist. Oh, I see Elmer that. Elmer Cicerone Batista. I have seen this. I I have not smoked one. Yeah, yeah. I took a picture of the band once it's laid out. It it it, uh, it tore just a little bit, but it's such a cool looking really band. Is, yeah. yeah. So this is uh, original work by Honduran artist uh, Elmer Cicerone Batista. The inner band is traditional. Uh, once you take that band off. Uh, the 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 cool thing on the band too is uh, when you unwrap that big band, on the back of it it has information about the artist. Oh, that's and, very cool. And stuff like that. So it's very very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know it's it's like that added little bonus. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, this is a cool wrapper, and then you open it up. You're like, oh, I got something to read while I like my <laughs> cigar. <you know? laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Perfect. So that was that was a lot of fun. Um, uh, this is a Toro six by fifty two cigar. Um, the appearance is uh, is is medium brown, veiny, leathery. The the um, the tobacco leaf when you touch the tobacco leaf it has that kind of soft, almost velvety feel to it, mm-hmm. kind of leathery kind and, of feel yeah, to it. I know what you're the talking cigar about. overall was pretty firm with a couple soft spots in it, um, uh, just to feel uh, the pre light sniff on this. It wasn't a real strong aroma coming from this cigar, but what I picked up from it was traditional tobacco, a little tea leaf, light spice. Um, not anything that made me go, hmm, this is going to be amazing. Uh, the pre-light draw on this, I used a clip. It had a light draw to it. It had a little fruity flavor and a little tanginess on the lips. It was really nice and some baking spices. But, again, not a lot. Like, right. I wasn't getting a whole lot from it. I liked what I got, but it just wasn't real right. big. it wasn't like, really strong. Yeah. Some cigars, you could just, it's almost like you're smoking right. them before you, before I, you I light it. I yeah. talking about, yep. Um, the uh, initial light on this, um, uh, bread, toast, uh, cedar, oak, touch of black pepper, and aromatic tea. Nice. Uh, and sw- slightly sweet on the lips. Once the wrapper got a little damp from my lips, it's turned into a little sweetness that was there. Not like a su- not like a cigar not like that a has sugary a, sweetness. Not like a cigar that has you know a sweet tip to it. Right. Not like that, but like the tobacco had a natural kind of sweetness to it that I really enjoyed. So that was an added bonus to it. The first third of this, um, touch of vanilla and honey uh, mixed with the bread and toast, adding a touch of sweetness. The wood notes and pepper remained uh, remain the backbone of the palate. Flaky ash, perfect burn. Nice. The second third of this, let's. Oh yeah, I even put down my times here. I put timestamps on there. The first third was at eleven twelve this morning the second third was at 11 27 sweetness backs off just a touch bready notes come forward woody note increases and mingle with the pepper on the back of the palate retro hails real pleasant introduces a slight nuttiness to the uh, flavor flaky ash perfect burn mm-hmm. the last third of this at 11 51 this morning uh, right before noon, sweetness reappears. Fruity flavors move forward. There was a little fruitiness to this that I may have forgotten to mention in the very beginning. I don't remember if I put that down. Just on the nose. Uh, but, yeah, I did mention it. But it never showed up until the last third of the cigar. So the fruitiness um, moved forward. Oaky notes are real prominent. Pepper is constant in the background, but nice. You know, kind of a low-level mm-hmm. pepper in the background. Just Not enough overwhelming to spice everything it up. else, yeah. No, just enough to just enough to go. Hmm, that's pretty nice. Uh, perfect burn, flaky ash. Perfect burn. About nine dollars and fifty cents for the cigar. Okay. Between nine and ten dollars for the cigar. <clears throat> I give it a six. 
Nice. It was outstanding. I didn't want to let it go down to the very last bits of it. It was fantastic. I love the overall uh, journey that it took me on from the beginning to the end and how the flavors just kind of played around with each other. I like mm-hmm. the sweetness of it. You know me, I will generally pick a giant cigar and Maduro if possible. Yep. And this is neither of those. It wasn't right, just huge. Just kind of against your normal uh, smoke. Yeah, yeah, but man, I really enjoyed it. I will buy more of these. I'm just happy that after last week's cigar, you had one that had perfect burn. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you had trouble with last week's. Yeah, last yeah. week's cigar yeah. was driving me a little nuts. Mm. Well, I had something uh, interesting. I don't remember if I've talked about this cigar on the show before. If I have, it's been a while because I couldn't remember not only if I had talked about it on the, the show, I couldn't remember the last time I'd had one and certainly couldn't remember what it tasted like. So uh, so I went ahead and uh, decided to smoke the La Aroma de Cuba Mi Amor Reserva. And uh, so this is a, uh, this is a, Ashton puts out the uh, La Aroma de Cuba uh, line. Mm-hmm. And this particular um one the uh, the Mi Amor is crafted for them in Nicaragua by Jose Pepin Garcia. That's a pretty full flavored yeah, cigar. Yeah, and so that's my father. It's actually rolled at the my father yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, factory in uh, Nicaragua. Uh, it's a beautiful dark reddish brown uh, wrapper, a very nice looking box press. That combined with the really nice artistry on the La Aroma de Cuba. Yeah, it's really bands, classy. It, it just looks like it's yeah. going to be good. You know what I mean? Like your expectations are high for the cigar just based on its appearance. Uh, it sports a Cuban seed, San Andres wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and fillers. And um, the pre light was, you know, it, this is one of those you talked about how sometimes you are, you are sniffing the cigar. Or, or doing the, a pre-light doing draw, a pre-light draw yeah. and you're almost smoking it before you've yeah, even lit yeah. it. This was one of those. It was chocolate, a really rich earthiness on the pre-light. Uh, I had a feeling it was going to be good. So uh, I lit it up, and there was this very impressive richness to the cigar from the very beginning, from the very first puff. And it just it just let me know this is going to be good. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, when yeah. It, it, it had a little pepper burst, but it settled down very quickly, and you just knew, well, I'm going to really enjoy this. Um, I began to get earthier notes um, uh, in, in the first third of this, some nice nuttiness. The rich chocolate notes got a little more prevalent about an inch or so in to the cigar. I had gotten that on the pre-light, but didn't get it right at first, and the, here it came, about an inch in, here, here came the chocolate, which was really nice um the um the dried fruit flavors started coming through i don't want to say it reminded me of a fruit cake because that conjures up negative images but it kind of reminded me that's, of a fruit cake. that's actually a an oddly common flavor i've found in in bigger cigars generally fuller yeah. cigars that have a fruity note that fruit cake it's just that dried fruit note like like the part of the fruitcake taste that you actually like. Right. If that makes sense. Right. Not the dry mouth part <laughs> of right, it. Right, exactly. Um, so it it got a little bit of that. Uh, toasted nuttiness uh, kept developing. The cigar started out, I would say, right at medium, but by the midway point, it had, it had grown in intensity a little bit. I'd say medium to full. Um, there was some creaminess in the final third. I got notes of cedar and pepper on the retrohale. The construction of this cigar was impeccable. 
the burn started out slightly crooked, which I think was actually my fault, just the way I lit mm-hmm. it. I didn't get it quite even enough. And it actually corrected itself. It was a thing to behold. Now, it didn't burn razor straight the whole way, but it was never never more than just slightly, um, you know, burning a little further on one mm-hmm. side than the other. I mean, it was it was a wonderfully constructed cigar. I never pulled out the lighter to tend it the entire time uh, that I was smoking it. Most impressive thing about this cigar, I think, was that richness that I talked about uh, early on. I really liked the way the flavors kind of intertwined with each other, and they would sort of weave in and out across the palate as you smoked it. You get one thing, then you take another puff, and then you kind of get another. Yeah. It makes for just a really interesting journey when you're smoking the cigar. And uh, it weighs in at about ten dollars and depending on where you buy it i wouldn't you know you, you could pay a little more a little less mm-hmm. um i wouldn't have been disappointed at 12. Oh, wow so since i paid 10 for it i'll give it a solid six price to quality six is across so the board six today. is across the board today uh the la aroma de cuba mia more reserva and there's a number of different mia mores mm-hmm. by the way so this one is the reserva i think the original mia more got like the number two cigar of the year, the year it came out in Cigar Aficionado. Uh, and so this one was kind of the um, the follow-up, I guess, to that. And they didn't really change a lot. It just feels like they maybe tweaked a little bit of the tobacco in it. But very enjoyable, and I recommend it quite highly. I've had that uh, cigar. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Of course, I, La Aroma, there's just something about that line is, is all awesome well it really too, so. is and and you know anytime hard to go wrong anytime jose pepin garcia is involved you you mm-hmm. know you've got a really good shot at something being really good so uh all right tell you what we're gonna do we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna we're gonna launch oktoberfest officially it's what september 24th that's fine. Close enough. Close enough. We will launch Oktoberfest officially with a little Oktoberfest blind taste test on smoking and toasting. And we will be right back. Smoking and Toasting. It's show number 204, and we are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Check them out online. Great cigar shirts, uh, great cigar-themed shirts for cigar lovers everywhere. MyCigarShirts.com, a sponsor of Smoking and Toasting, because cigars. cigars. Um, Americans will no longer be able to buy Cuban cigars legally. We had a, a brief window where it was okay to actually buy Cuban cigars. Now, they they weren't allowed to be imported into cigar shops in the States and, and sold here. Uh, but if you were going to Cuba or knew someone who was, or if you were going to, let's say, Canada or someplace where they're, where they're sold, uh, you were allowed to bring them back for personal use, for personal consumption. Uh, but m- Americans can now no longer buy Cuban cigars, Cuban rum, or stay in Cuban hotels. President Trump announced in a uh, in a speech from the White House earlier this week, new U.S. sanctions leveled against Cuba have removed the permission for Americans traveling abroad to buy Cuba's most famous exports, and they also ban future U.S. travelers from staying at any government-owned hotels on the island, which is a restriction that basically forces all future U.S. visitors to stay in, like, 
private home Airbnb type uh, places if they're going to go to Cuba because the Cuban state holds full or majority ownership in every hotel in Cuba. All of these regulations go into effect today. And so it, uh, it nullifies the Obama-era policies where Americans could bring back up to 100 cigars or four boxes, duty-free, no questions asked from almost any country in the world, as long as they were for personal use and not for commercial resale. If you had more than 100 cigars, you were subject to taxation, and then excessively large amounts would be deemed to be commercial qualities, although I don't know if they ever established an actual quantity yeah. for what that was. But the new regulations not only prohibit the purchase of cigars and rum for Americans in Cuba, but they prohibit their purchase and importation into, into the United States from other countries that maintain free trade with Cuba, such as Canada, the U.K., and Mexico. Um, it's, it's not ever been actually legal to buy Cuban cigars and rum via mail order or the Internet, and that remains illegal. If you bought Cuban cigars on the Internet, chances are real good they weren't Cuban when they arrived. They were uh, Cuban likes. They were Cuban likes. So, anyway, that's the uh, that's the new news. Uh, I'm not, to be completely honest with you, sure what Cuba has done now to make the uh, sanctions go back further into effect. I think it just has more to do with that's the policy that the president really thought he wanted. So he just now got around to to doing it. So, anyway, there's your there's your news uh, for the moment. And we'll have drinking news, because after news like that, we do need to drink. Uh, so we'll have drinking news a little later on in the show. Um, <laughs> drinking Last week's drinking news was just, it's still stuck in my head. Well, it's, you know, it made number 203 a, uh, a show for the ages. <laughs> I've always wanted to say we did a show for the ages. There you go. And I think we may have last week. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, Adam, uh, our producer on the Wheels of Steel, is, uh, is pouring. Adam, are these two the same ones? Yes. Okay, so this is going to be number one in our Oktoberfest. So we're going to do three uh, per segment, except for the last segment we'll do four. And so the, this will be a blind taste test. And, Ian, what we want to do with these is we want to, the way we normally do our blind taste tests, we want to rank them. So in this case, one, two, and three, which one we like the best. And I, I want to drink so them. Well, we'll do that first, of oh, course. Okay. Uh, and th but then we want to rank them. Which did you like best, one, two, or three? And, uh, and put them in order of where you like them. Then once we've done that, we'll find out what each one of them was. And then we'll proceed to the next segment where we'll do that over again. Uh, we've got, I think, ten Oktoberfest beers to taste today. Challenge accepted. So we'll do three, three, and four in the segments. And then at the end, we'll go back and look at our notes. Now we'll know what each one was, and we'll pick our uh, top three favorites of the batch. You know what I love about the show, Cruz? What's that? Ten beers is not enough because we still have liquor to try. Oh yeah, we we also will be tasting the uh, the tequila. So also also I started the show yeah. with a well show beer. Show beer for the show today is the Tex or the Tex beer. Tex beer from uh, from No Label, and it's good. Does it remind you of a Lone Star? It's like if Lone Star was really really well crafted. Yeah, yeah. It um, tastes, and I'm not knocking Lone Star. And Lone Star is a, a a good knockback beer, like. You know, when you're out on a river and stuff like that. Sure. But this, this is really delicious. This is Eighth Wonder, by the way. This is uh, right over in the your Tex neighborhood. The Tex beer, yeah. And it's so. super, super delicious. All right. All right, let's, uh, let's uh, shift into October. Let the Oktoberfest begin. 
Let's shift into Oktoberfest gear and see what we think of Oktoberfest beer number one. It smells like sweet. There's a, by the way, a lot of Texas and Houston Oktoberfest here, although there are a few from around the country. So um, our our, uh, Houston and Texas-based listeners will have more of a shot at finding some of these, but they aren't all from, from around here, so. Smells like like a like a sweet bread almost. Mm-hmm. I was going to say it almost has a a bready uh, uh, vibe on the nose. This is very easy to drink. This is Southern Star. Yeah. <laughs> we will see if you're right. I like it. It has baking spice and almost like a, a bread flour. You know when you eat. Uh, uh, a really tasty piece of uh, artisan bread that has that flour along the top of the mm-hmm. crust. You get a lot of that of that taste on it as well. It's delicious. It's, it's good. There's a little almost uh, a burnt flavor to it as well. There, there is almost like a, a a little bit of a burnt toast or something. Uh, or is it's not really a burnt caramel? I'm, I'm for it. no, it's not caramel. I'm for it. It's like a, like like they over roasted the malt or something almost. Mm-hmm. It's really. But in such a wonderful way. That's good. Uh, I like it. There is a tiny, tiny bit of bitterness on the finish. But, you know, we're talking beer. So bitterness on the finish in a beer is not an uncommon thing. Um, uh, I I like it. I like it a lot. All right. You ready for number two? I see you writing copious notes, Ian. Oh, yes. I'll get it for you. I see you writing copious notes. Would you like to share them with us? Uh, we already have talked about it, actually. Okay. Well, then here uh, comes- I, I just put sweet and spicy and bready on the nose. Sweet, spicy, bready flavor with a, a bitter finish. Mm-hmm. Um, just to... I, I will show the camera. This was number one. I've still got a little left in the cup. It's dark. It's darker than number two. Number two is a little more straw-colored, a little paler. Number one almost looks like... You know, an IPA or a, 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 a maltier uh, type of beer as well. But number two, number two doesn't have a whole lot on the nose. I was just about to say that it's uh, it, it's the biggest flavor for me on number two, at least on the first sip, comes in the finish. It's it's actually delicious and very easy to drink. Thoughts? A little bit of that baking spice on the end, on the finish, and something tangy in there on the finish that I don't quite know what it is. Grapefruit. Is that what it is? Yeah, take, think take you a may sip. Be right. And then taste it right on the end. It's like grapefruit. It's like the. Mm. That's what I'm smelling in it. Mm. You're, you're right. It's got a grapefruit vibe to it on the finish. I don't know how much I like that. I do like it. It's not necessarily what I expect from an Oktoberfest. This one is a little further from being that Marzen, sort of traditional Marzen kind of taste. You know what I mean? This has got too much of a hop bitterness to the end. That uh, it's and it's a very hoppy bitterness. It's not a uh... no wonder I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, what's the word I'm looking for? The um, resinous kind of mm. bitter to not it. Not in a big way though. Yeah, but it's there, and it shouldn't. I feel like it shouldn't be in an Oktoberfest. 
I'm not trying to be um, a snob to the style uh, because I think it's interesting, but I don't know that I like it very much. I do like it, but I will agree with you. It is much less of a traditional Oktoberfest kind of a uh, taste. It's almost it's almost too bright. Like the uh, the 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 finish on it's almost too bright. It's hoppy and I don't I don't know what to say about it. Mm. This is almost the same color as the last one. Yes, um, just for comparison's sake, that was. Oh, sorry, I don't have much left of number this one two. Smells but there like it is. this one is almost exactly the same color. This one smells like like malt. Like yeah, uh, I was going to say malt is about the only note that I'm really getting. It's on a the very one-dimensional nose on this one. Mm-hmm. But not necessarily a one-dimensional flavor. There's something else going on. You're ahead there. of me. Mm. Interesting. See this one? I thought on the first sip, it's it's too bright. It's um, I thought it was going to be like the last one, but it doesn't finish like the last one. This one has more of the hop playing with the malt up front. It is hoppier than the first one. But the hop goes away on the end and finishes with kind of a kind of a caramelized sugar sweetness to it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the finish. You're right. This one is not a caramel, touch. but caramelized sugar, you know, like burnt right. sugar. And this one is it a, gets a little bit bitter, you know. And this one is a touch sweeter than the other two as well. The uh, the second one had more of the <clears throat> of the tang from what we were describing as more of a grapefruit kind of a flavor. Uh, the first one was, I think, more of a traditional Marzen um, style, and this one is that, but with uh, yeah, with a little bit of sweetness on the finish. I, you know, I, I got to tell you, the, I like the nose on this last one. It just smells like classic beer. Yeah, it, <laughs> like you're right. in a this good smells way. like a beer, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's kind of like when you're uh, when it's you're a very uh, beer smelling beer. It's kind of like when you're uh, doing the the pre light sniff on a. Uh, on a cigar, and it you go well. That's got rich tobacco notes. Yeah, it's got. <laughs> it's a good thing. Traditional tobacco. <laughs> yeah. That's not a smell. bad thing. Yes. It's... Yeah. Um, I'm going to say I like this, but I've liked all three I like of these. This. I, I uh, out of the three, though, mm-hmm. I'm picking number one. All right. So yours, number one's my favorite. Yours in order three. would be number one, and then. And I don't know what what all brands you got here, mm-hmm. um, but number one, to me, I think. Uh, uh, feels like Southern Star, and mm-hmm. number three feels like it's probably something like Shiner or, um, or uh, um, what's the other one I'm thinking of? Is uh, like a real ale or one of those style yeah, breweries? Could, could you know? be. We, I think we do have a real ale Oktoberfest in here. So, so in order for you, you like number one the best, and then what? And then three. So one three two for you? Yes, one three two. I will go one two three. So we both liked number one the best, uh, and then differed a little bit on the following two. Uh, Adam, pull your mic over there and let us know what these beers were. What was the more traditional Oktoberfest tasting number, number one? Number one, Galveston Island. Oh, Galveston, Galveston Island. Island. How about that? I like that. <clears throat> Galveston Island Oktoberfest. Okay. Nice. All right. That surprises me a little bit. Nice. Number uh, number two. Number two is no label. No label. Interesting. No label brewing out of Katy, Texas. 
known for some great beers. Number three is Sierra Nevada. Sierra, Sierra Nevada. Nevada. I was wrong on every guess. <laughs> ah, very interesting. Okay, so Galveston Island was number one. Uh, no Label was number two. Sierra Nevada was number three. For me, I took them right in order as to which ones I liked the best. Ian went one, three, two. I definitely, yeah. I, Galveston <clears throat> Island, to me, um, I like I like how rich that one is. I like the sweetness in it. You know, I like sweet beers anyway. Mm-hmm. I like the sweetness in it. I like the spice, the, the uh, all those flavors. Uh, number three, I liked... I actually, yeah, number three. I actually, that was the uh, Sierra Nevada. The Sierra Nevada. Mm-hmm. I can't read my own handwriting. Um, I, I like that one as well, yeah. but I think I like the full richness of that. That uh, first one. I don't think I like no, no, the no label one at all. Now, see, I like that a lot. I that know, was. I don't, I don't think I'd buy that again. That was my number two. I may yes. be buying some more of that. That I thought you're, that was you're kind really of a hophead, though. Yeah, well, it happens. It's weird to have a hoppy. Oktoberfest, though, well, like it, that hoppy. I will say about the no label, though, it's the least Oktoberfest tasting of the three. I just liked it. You know, as what I mean? a beer, I don't, I don't know. If I take the Oktoberfest out of the equation, mm-hmm. then I think it's just a confusing beer to me. Well, it's. I think I think the no label was a little over carbonated when I poured it. And More, that, w- that was the second one, right? Two-thirds of the cup when I poured it was all froth. Now, usually I don't like heavily carbonated beers, but by the time we drank that, there was still a little fo- foam on the top, but I wasn't I getting bubbles. I didn't you know? find I didn't find any of these to be too bubbly. Um, mm. I do see on the glass, it's very it's very laced yeah. on the glass. Yeah, you can uh, you can see you can still see mine's empty now, but you can see the the foam yeah. is all, all but the way it up didn't. To the top. It didn't come across on the palate as too, uh, too bubbly. I'm just. I'm not sure. I don't like the hop finish on that. I think it's too hoppy. I think, I think there's a there's a limit. There's going to be hops in beer. It's one of the major ingredients, right? You know, most of the time. But I think that that's that's taken it too far from my palate. Yeah, so. I uh, I found it really interesting. So. A, a very interesting first segment, and uh, uh, so I'm really anxious now to get to our next uh, our next three beers. So we'll come back uh, for the next segment of the show. We'll taste three more beers, then we'll um, then we'll uh, do four beers in the fourth segment, and then in the fifth <laughs> segment we will uh, taste some tequila and go over our notes and pick our favorite three from the day. And of course, we'll also have drinking. Blake news. Matthews says Oktoberfest should never be hoppy, more malty. Okay. Sounds well, like Buffalo by you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's take a break. We'll come back with three more Oktoberfest as we let Oktoberfest begin on show number 204 of Smokin' and Toastin'. We're all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Smokin' and Toastin', the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. They are a supporter of Smokin' and Toastin', so please be a supporter of them. And, uh, you know, holidays are not too far away. Great gift ideas for uh, for anybody. Do you have a birthday coming on, up, too? I do have a birthday coming up uh, 
this coming weekend, as a matter of fact. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So very excited about. Noted. Yeah, very excited about uh, <clears throat> mycigarshirts.com as a potential place for people to uh, <laughs> to get gifts for me for uh, for my birthday. Um, uh, anyway, check them out. And the holidays are coming up, and there's new shirts uh, being added all the time. Uh, so it's a really cool place to check out. Um, a little bit later on the show, this is not our drinking news, but but maybe could have been. We can now know the future of whiskey. The future? We can, we we can, can now know the know future, the future of, whiskey. of whiskey. Yeah. I know you've probably always had questions. What will the future like, of whiskey be? It doesn't be? have any palms to read. Well, there's a... Uh, are you doing like tarot cards with the whiskey? What's happening? You're very close. A former Playboy bunny turned psychic has said she knows the future of whiskey, and she has shared it with us. And we'll be that, sharing it with all of our amazing. listeners. <laughs> <laughs> a former Playboy bunny turned psychic. Because why not? Yeah. I mean, you could change the last couple letters and turn psycho, and I believe uh, that, too. I believe that as well. Yes, that, that could absolutely happen. <laughs> all right. Are we going to get so, back to uh, Oktoberfest well, we are. But first of all, I just wanted to pass this... Uh, and I hate when people make everything know, that's a palooza. Why that. That's why you did that. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, I did want to pass this on. There's a really cool thing happening on September 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern. It is uh, a virtual premium cigar town hall hosted by the Premium Cigar Association, PCA, and Cigar Rights of America, CRA. Our friend Trey Boring is a member of mm -hmm. the Cigar Rights of America. Um, they're going to be discussing all kinds of things like the recent court decision to strike down the deadline for substantial equivalents, uh, and they also plan to cover future strategies, ways to explore and increase cooperation between retailers and manufacturers to ensure future growth and success in the cigar industry, and what just you and me, regular people who like cigars, can do to help out in the ongoing effort to protect uh, people who are you know, interested in continuing to be able to smoke a cigar. Uh, featured speakers will include Carlos Fuente Jr. of Arturo mm -hmm. Fuente Cigars, Jorge Padron from Padron Cigars, mm -hmm. and Rocky Patel, owner of Rocky Patel Premium Cigars. All these guys are big, like, forefront guys when it comes to, you know, supporting the rights of cigar smokers, cigar manufacturers, and cigar retailers. And there's a number of other people, including um, the legal counsel for both the CRA and the PCA, mm -hmm. and uh, a, a number of different tobacconist guys that own uh, tobacco shops or or different chains of tobacco shops. So it should actually be really interesting. You can find out uh, all about it by going to the cigaraficionado.com uh, website. It's a virtual town hall, and registration is free. And when is this happening? It's happening on September 29th. September 29th. 7 p.m. So looking at my trusty calendar, that is next Tuesday evening. 7 p.m. Eastern Time. All the details are at... Cigaraficionado.com. So uh, be sure to check it out if that interests you. I, I may have to check that. I, I think yeah, it's going to be I'm really interesting to watch. So, all right, it is indeed. What did you say? Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest Palooza. It's not that. It's just. A, <laughs> it's just Oktoberfest. We're starting it just a few days early, I, and I, I just I had to add that on there because I know yeah, how much that annoys yeah, me. I, I hate when everybody. You know, Lollapalooza. It's very cool. For it to be called oh, Lollapalooza. This one smells like a gingerbread cookie. I Everybody love that. went and named their, you know, I don't need to go to a sofa sale called Sofa's Palooza. I mean, that kind of crap just irritates me. 
from the from the word go. There's nothing palooza about a sofa sale. From Sofa King? Yeah, or wherever it was. Any <laughs> Anybody that, that would do that. All right, so we have three Oktoberfests uh, to taste in this uh, segment. In the last one, we both liked number one the best. It wound up being from Galveston Island uh, Brewing. Uh, I liked number two. Second, it was no label. That was Ian's third choice. And uh, Ian uh, picked as his number two the Sierra Nevada. And so here we go with three more, starting with one that looks a little darker than the last two. Uh, what's your take on this one so far, Ian? Um, I, this, the nose on this is gingerbread to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I taste it, it's hoppier than I expected it. Not in a bad way. It's got a brighter finish. I, maybe hoppy's the wrong word because while I know that it's the hops doing that, it just has a brighter finish than I expected. It doesn't have a hoppy, like, it doesn't come off like a pale ale. Or no, something. and it doesn't have a bitter. Uh, right. This this is the least bitter aftertaste out of any of these, actually. There's a slight sweetness to the aftertaste. There's no bitter, but it has kind of a brightness to the flavor. Uh, yes. At the end very, of uh, again, I keep saying this, but very drinkable beer. It's, um, it's out of any of them. This one might be a little over um, over carbonated. Carbonated, yeah. I can I can detect a little of that. I do like this one a lot. Very drinkable. Got that Oktoberfest vibe to it, but not like not like too. It's got a. Yeah, I'm sorry. I keep interrupting you. I, I was just not too Marziny. Like it's in that it's in that vein, but it doesn't go overboard on that sort of i've been sitting in a european cellar for six years it's, sort of flavor it's got the malt flavor but without the sugariness of the mm-hmm. malt um mm-hmm. so it's interesting because it's a crisp malty thing right um so it's kind of good in its own way i kind of dig it i kind of dig it let's uh try beer number two these are all Oktoberfests, all purchased within the last you know several weeks actually most of them purchased this last week. So you can still find most of these uh, and most Oktoberfests in your area. Mm. Now that's different. This has more of that bready maltiness to it. Bready and baking spice. Yes, for sure. Um, hmm. I'm liking this. Hmm. 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 Your thoughts, sir? This one's got a thinner mouthfeel to it. It does. Um, I like it well enough. It has an interesting bitter on the end, too. Mm-hmm. It has a bitter on the end, almost like an ESB has. Um, interesting you say that. Yeah, yeah. Because it's uh, it's a bitter, but not in any kind of bad way. But it's And it's not a... It's not a bitter like hoppy bitter. Not the resiny. Uh, not the resiny hop bitter. bitter. Right. No, it's a it's it's more like an ESB style bitter <clears> to <throat> it. Um, but it's a little thinner mouthfeel. I kind of want that to be a little more, especially with how how much darker it is. It's almost as dark as the first one we tried. Right. It is uh, one of the darker ones of this uh, last several. Sorry, one of these has me burping. Um, this is this is very interesting. I don't know if I like it as much as I like the first one, but it's very interesting. The more I drink this, the more the bitter uh, starts to aggravate my palate a little bit. It's like the first two sips are okay, but the subsequent sips. You really write about it being a, a kind of like an it's, ESB. It's, and I love ESBs, but there's something yeah. about this one that's 
don't know. Maybe I need a palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> Something. Um, yeah, that you know. Uh, how about tequila? Would that work for you? <laughs> Maybe tequila I like the would way you it. think. Maybe tequila. Would I need work a palate cleanser. Let's drink tequila for you. I like that idea. All right, I put this back in. About to lose my phone there. Okay, um, that's number two. So here comes number three. Number three. Maybe it's because we've had several of these already, but I'm not picking up much on the nose. There's something there. Yeah, not much nose on this. Maybe a little dankness even on the nose. Mm. Okay, so that tastes like an Oktoberfest to this me. This tastes very German. Yes, it does. Like, this one just tastes very German to me. <laughs> like, somebody was... Mm-hmm. It does taste very, you know, Marzen-ish, but it doesn't go overboard. Again, it doesn't have what I what I was describing earlier is that I've been sitting in a cellar in a European, you know, uh, house for six years, and now I'm an Oktoberfest sort of taste that, so that some this, of the Marzens do for this, me. Out of, out of all the ones that we've tasted so far, I think this one probably nails the light autumn drinkability more than any of them. Mm-hmm. I like it. I, this is probably my favorite out of the three so far. All right. So if you were to rank the three, where would you go? I would go the third one, which is the uh, very German one that I said. Um, and then I would probably go. <laughs> I love that you're going back for one more taste. There's a weirdness to the second one that I'm not sure I like. I would go three, one, two in this one. Mm -hmm. And uh, this time I'm going to match you exactly. Uh, number three was my favorite of the uh, of the bunch, uh, followed by number one. I like number two, but there's something a little, I don't know, something. There's a dankness to it that I don't think fits the beer. Yeah. I don't mind dank in beer, but it's it's got a weirdness to it, an overripeness to it that I'm not. I enjoyed the other not, two. I enjoyed drinking the other two more than I enjoyed. And that now that one, I go so back and go. smell it, and I know what I'm looking for, I smell it on the nose very mm -hmm. much. On on number two. Yeah, there's a there's a weird overripe yes. something to it that. And a lot of times when we talk about overripe, we're talking about something we really like. You know, like overripe banana in a hefeweizen or or in a. Uh, uh, in a spirit, yeah. but weird. All right, all right, lay it on me, Adam. Adam, lay it on us. What was uh, picked? Uh, it was picked in the number two position by both Ian and I. What was number one? Eureka Heights. Eureka Heights. So that is the Wolf uh, Wolf uh, the Wolfhausen von Wolfhausen von Wolfhausen. Yes. Gotcha. All right, the crispy malty one. I knew I liked that beer. And it is one of the only beers we're tasting today that doesn't actually say Oktoberfest on the can. Mm -hmm. But it does describe itself as a Feist beer. Yes. So that's basically what that is. All right. Number two was the one we felt like was a little um, a little dank. And Ian and I both picked it third out of the three. What was number two? Southern Star. Southern Star. 
Interesting. Now, you thought you had picked Southern Star for the first beer in the— I thought uh, Southern the, Star was the very first segment. one, yeah. Interesting. Uh, Southern Star out of Conroe, Texas. And what was number three, which we both picked as no, as our uh, favorite of this batch? Shiner. Shiner. <laughs> really? Shiner October Very Fest. German. Well, uh, you said it was very German, and uh, that makes sense since it's from the Spetzel Brewery in uh, Shiner, Texas. <laughs> yeah, so I think that one, this, the Shiner one to me, um, and and it's fun to blind taste test this and, and, and be able to right. say this, but the Shiner one to me is is like very true to the style. It tastes like they were going very true to the style. It's the most traditional out of the six beers we've yeah. had so far, probably the most traditional Oktoberfest tasting of the month. Yeah, and I don't even mind stepping a little outside of traditional until you put too much hops in it. <clears throat> no label. <laughs> All right, so in our next segment, we will taste four, and that will be our Oktoberfest for the blind tasting. In the final segment, we'll put away a little uh, tequila. We'll reveal what our favorite three of the day were. And uh, we'll do a little drinking news. So there's more to come on the program. It's smoking and toasting, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. It is smoking and toasting. That is so funky, isn't it? Love that. Uh, welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. The uh, program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. We are brought to you by mycigarshirts.com. Check them out for gifts and shirts for yourself if you are a cigar lover. Mycigarshirts.com because cigars. cigars. Ian, we finally know the future of whiskey. The future of whiskey. You may have been. Wondering about somebody it is reading whiskey's palms That's right. right now. You may have been wondering about it for a long time, and these are very uncertain times that we live in today. Uh, this being the dumpster fire of a year that is known as 2020, uh, and in a quest for guidance, more and more people are turning to supernatural sources. Psychics and mediums across the country are currently reporting a sizable uptick in clientele. Man, if I walked into a psychic and they didn't expect me. I got to walk right back out. <laughs> That's good to know. That's good to know. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. When you walk in and they ask you your name, you're like, when they say, Mr. Barry, we've been expecting you. That's the psychic. That's the one you want to say. Thank you. I'm sitting down now. How much? Because I'm paying. Um, right. <laughs> uh, the most commonly fielded inquiries uh, for psychics this year have been, when will the pandemic finally end? And who will win the 2020 election? So those are, you know, clearly questions that are on people's mind so that makes sense and uh, there's also questions about global climate change and other things which are all questions that i'm sure people are thinking about right now but a professional booze writer who writes for inside hook was interested in gathering intel about the future of whiskey so he went to visit june de young a hollywood-based psychic to the stars who has worked with everyone from Frank Sinatra to Ellen DeGeneres. Awesome. Uh, it, they, he asked her to make some predictions about his favorite category of liquor, whiskey, and she agreed despite knowing next to nothing about the whiskey industry and the associated terminology. Now, um, the photo of her that's in this article is uh, 
is an Instagram photo, so I couldn't like copy it and send it to Adam, or I would have had him post it. So I'm actually going to just show this from my iPad to the camera, and you can get a, a look at Misty Young. That is our Playboy Bunny turned psychic and psychic to the stars. This is no Madam Cleo. This is a former Playboy Bunny. Madam Cleo. Yeah. Remember when her... Her accent used to slip yeah. when she was talking. Yeah. yeah, it was great. Madam Cleo was like the best. I mean, that is such a 90s reference, but it's the best. Uh, so she's spoken. Uh, uh, Young is, uh, of course, as a former Playboy bunny, has spent a fair share of her adult life hobnobbing with the A-listers. She's taken uh, a note of the contemporary trend of actors and athletes dipping their toes into the businesses of booze. So in the months ahead, she envisions... Country singers and chefs shuffling into the whiskey category. She says Garth Brooks and Brad Paisley are each going to have their own whiskey. All right. That's probably not a real, that's probably not out on a limb there. It's not too far Because so many celebrities are doing their own uh, whiskey. She said that according to her charts. She also says she thinks Wolfgang Puck is going to invest in a food-friendly whiskey that pairs... You can't make this up. That pairs well with grilled cheese on Texas toast. <laughs> Ian, I made you a grilled cheese I on love, Texas toast. Will you go do a whiskey sniff and see which whiskey pairs with I this? I love that Texas toast is just a big slab of bread. Oh, yeah. That's, that's all it really is. <laughs> it's it's just, a huge it's like, slab of bread with butter on it. Right. Toasted. It's like if... if Instead of the thin cut or the regular cut bread, it's like incredibly thick cut bread. So the the writer of this uh, from the Inside Hook says, that's an awfully specific set of information, don't you think? <laughs> I mean, often psychics deal in wild generalities, but uh, she's going on record as saying Wolfgang Puck, food-friendly whiskey that pairs with grilled cheese on Texas toast. So what if it's what if it's a self-fulfilling thing that Wolf Wolfgang Puck hears this and goes, you know what I should do? I should totally I should come up that. with a whiskey that pairs well. I don't know. So chicken but or if egg, it, right? Egg, well, if it gives him an idea and he can make money from it, I bet he'd do it. <laughs> you know? I mean, he's he's an entrepreneur. He's yeah. a great chef. And Maybe we should blend a whiskey that goes well with Texas Toast and try to sell it to Wolfgang Puck. Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> like, I'm just... Somebody call Chris Hart right now yes. and let's get on this. Let's get the pallets working. Over the past decade, Japan, Taiwan, and most recently Australia have emerged as unexpected epicenters of the Brown Spirit Assembly. World whiskey, as it is collectively known, comes from countries outside the traditional hubs of North America, Scotland, and Ireland. But according to our psychic, uh, look for liquid out of South America. Look for Venezuela. Uh, look for uh, them to use it to help their economy recover. She also is expecting whiskey from New Zealand and maybe the British Virgin Islands. I don't know where this is coming from but uh it's um, coming from her psychic um, <laughs> sources yeah yeah through the years she shared uh bar tabs from with enough Beetlejuice. legendary artists to to fill an award show auditorium she sipped on scotch with tony curtis and james Kahn. uh she's drank with hugh hefner who always had highballs she said she met johnny depp at the counter of a dive bar in 2019 uh she's taken shots with richie sambora um uh, you know, it's it's been that kind of a thing. By the way, she says that when she did shots with Richie Sambora, he told her what he wanted to manifest. 
He said he wanted to date Cher. And a few years later, it happened. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so regardless of who you're, uh, you're taking shots with, uh, you're likely longing for a return to your favorite crowded watering hole. Sadly, our psychic does not see that happening anytime soon. It'll be an on and off thing for the next year, she says. And in the meantime, she expects the return of speakeasies. Not the traditional, you know, things from, you know, the sort of modern era, uh, but bona fide prohibition-style bar rooms reserved exclusively for those in the know that are probably, you know, doing what they want in terms of social distancing. That's totally happening. Because they're, you know, because they're discreet that and on the down low. totally happening. And Un I don't know about the discreet thing. But underground yeah, bars and restaurants will be in, she says. You'll have to say the secret word to enter. And... Uh, I just want to read you this paragraph from the uh, uh, from the author of this article. He says, after my session wrapped up, I had nearly as many questions as answers. Can they even grow grain in Venezuela? Texas toast, grilled cheese with bourbon? Why hadn't I ever thought of that? And who the hell is Brad Paisley? So uh, there you go. Those, uh, uh, those are the thoughts of the psychic about the future of whiskey. By the way, I don't know if you know this or not, Brad Paisley, the country artist. Who oh, yeah. He's a hell of a guitar player. He's a beast. He can really yeah, rip no, he's on a, the guitar. He's an absolute beast yeah, on guitar. Yeah, so I actually do know who Brad Paisley is, and I kind of I like him. All right, it is Oktoberfest time. Adam October on the Wheels of Steel, uh, fresh from receiving his new MyCigarShirts.com gift today, has, uh, has loaded us up with our last four, so it's time to do some drinking. Ian, uh, what do you take from, mm, uh, from Oktoberfest number one? This one smells good. Yeah? Mmm, this one tastes good. Mm. Number one is good. I'm for it. That's just a really well-balanced... You get all kinds of Marzen and, and uh, uh, malt flavors in this. A little bit of that uh, you know, baking spice that we talked about, but everything's really balanced. Mm. I'm calling that one St. Arnold. Are you? It's good. That is really good. Okay. I'm just writing very good in my notes. I don't know how much. I just put good. I don't know how much that will help me as I good. compare and contrast, but uh, but that's where I am so far. All right. Oktoberfest number two. Do they Maybe. <laughs> What's that? Need some water for a palate cleanser? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's probably too late. We're. Uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're well like into it. Seven, yeah. eight beers yeah, right. in now. <laughs> All right, we we is, might as well just keep it fair at this point. This is beer number two. This wow. has a. What am I smelling on that? I'm getting uh, a sort of a yeasty, bready yeah. thing on the nose. This, this has a pretzel smell. Oh, it does. That's a good way to put it. That's more accurate than what I was saying. Oh, this one's good. Mm hmm. This may be the most traditional Oktoberfest of any of the, what have we had, six, seven, eight beers we've had so far. It's it's mm. really, this one's you good. really want a pretzel with this. You this know one, what I mean? Yeah, this one smells like pretzel. You mentioned in the, uh, in the break that this might all go down differently if we had, like, a big pretzel and some uh, Yeah, and, if we had some something. Mustard. 
a palate changer. Yeah. Even. Like a pretzel and some mustard would make every one of these taste different. So when we do this next year, that's exactly what we'll do. Well, you know, we got the whole month of October. I don't. I don't mind. I like October. So you're saying we should restage the Oktoberfest? With I, we pretzel. could do this every week, and, and com- I'd be okay with it. <laughs> and compare the results with pretzel, but one week pretzel. with pretzel. Yeah, one yeah. week with sausage. Well, I'm liking both of these very much. Number one was really terrific. Number two, very traditionally Oktoberfest, I thought, uh, but but also very good. Very ESB bitter on the end, mm-hmm. but not. The same way as the other one that we were talking about, which uh, which wound we didn't up being, like so much, which wound up being the Southern Star. It had that that was a different sort of bitter. So here, no, this comes, has a very ESB like style finish to it. So here comes number three, and this is like he's just getting darker with each beer here. Yeah, and and more full, I think as well. <laughs> this is a nice strong pour. Oh, this one smells mm. sweet. Mm. It's got mm. some sweetness to it on the finish. I kind like of an sweetness unexpected sweetness. Mm. I like the sweet. Uh. Oh. This is like my favorite batch. This is gonna be hard to Yeah, this this batch is really going well. So this one is tastes less like a traditional Oktoberfest to me, and it's got a little bit of tang on the end of it. But going back to <clears throat> The first segment and the second beer where we had the no label that had a bit of a grapefruit vibe to it, this I think I like better than that. It's got it's got just a little bit of um, it's got a little bit of a tang to the end of it, in in my opinion. Do you get that? Yeah, it's it's a hoppy tang, but not not over hop like um mm. Mm. It's really quite good. I could easily drink that for a while. Man, this one's going to be a tough one. All right, so here is our fourth and final Oktoberfest of today's blind taste test. That one's different. Hmm. Hmm. That one has a sourdough almost. Mm Mm-hmm. Man, this one would be good with, you know those pretzel crisps you can buy? Those are awesome. With hummus? Yes, with a little hummus or, or maybe like some crab dip. Or or some good um, Dusseldorf-style mustard. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I think. Uh, are been, we stopping by King's Beer Garden we've been, after this? We've been drinking just enough <laughs> that we are like starting to get really hungry. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, this 10 is, beers here. Yeah, this, is, this is quite good. I mean, I don't know. It's good. This is very different than the other ones. Yes, it is. This one has a little bit of um, pie crust to it as well. Pie crust is a good way to say it, yes. Mm-mm-mm. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this right now. We haven't had anything today that I have not liked. We have had one that I didn't. One, I, that no-label yeah. one, I just, I can't. I can't do that. That's... It's wrong. All right, Ian. In our uh, and and see, I I thought it was pretty good. And I so, like no label, but they yeah. missed it on that one. I I don't know that I can agree with that, sir. I don't know how to make this. How do you rank these last four? Because um, one is good. Mm-hmm. But now I'm thinking about this, not St. Arnold's. 
two with the bitter finish I like. Okay, I think I got my ranking done on these. What if we just pour these all in the same cup and have like a super, <laughs> a super, super Oktoberfest October yeah. beer? Isn't that like when the coronavirus like meets with other coronaviruses and they mutate into a super virus? It'd be kind of like that. Um, uh, I'm going to go with two as my favorite. Oh, okay. I'm going to go with three as my next favorite. Oh. I'm going to go with, yeah, so I'm going to two, three, one. Four, Two, three, one, four is where you would rank them. Uh, I'm going to go with two as my favorite as well, but with one as my second favorite, and then number four, and then number three. So mine will go two, one, four, three is how I rank them. Adam, time for the big reveal. Let's see. Uh, let's see who we're doing here. <laughs> Number one, real ale. Real ale from uh, Blanco, Texas. And that one is just good. That's what I wrote down. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I wrote very good. Uh, and that was my number two. That was your number two as well. Is that right? That was my number three. That was your number three. Okay. Uh, what Both of us picked number two as our favorite of this batch. Eleven below. Eleven below. Wow. Wow. Very interesting. All right. Number three, I picked fourth of the bunch, and uh, Ian picked third. St. Arnold. St. Arnold. Wow. Now, I would have told you, and this is why blind taste tests are so interesting, because I would have told you before this started that St. Arnold would be my favorite of the entire bunch. Because I look forward to that coming out every year. Oh, I do too. I buy a lot of it. I drink it, and I enjoy the hell out of it. And yet, I picked it fourth out of this uh, batch of four. I picked it second out of this mm-hmm. batch of four. Very interesting. Number four. Number four. Odell. Odell. Oh well, yeah. All right. Very good. I picked it third out of the batch. You picked it what? Uh, I picked it fourth out of the batch. Fourth out of the but batch. But I did that okay. because it's it's uh, it's kind of a niche beer. I liked it, but it's yeah. very pie crusty. It is very pie crusty. Yeah. And uh, and that's not necessarily what I wanted. It's drinkable. I like it. I will mm-hmm. tell you, though, that um, out of each group of beers that we had, I liked every one of these on the last group. Right. Uh, this th- this last group was outstanding all right. the way through. Right. On the first group, we had that way too hoppy no-label one that I didn't like at all. You liked it, but I didn't like it. Um, I like the Galveston Island, and I have actually saved some of every beer, so I can try my favorites from each one to okay. see what my overall favorite would be. All right. Well, you'll have a break to do that in. We're going to come back with drinking news tequila and our final results in our final segment here today thank you ladies and gentlemen for checking out smoking and toasting show number 204 and we will be right back
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is Smoking and Toasting, our program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Uh, you know what I love about having the uh, about having the uh, Oktoberfest blind taste test is all these little cups of beer sitting here that yeah. I can sip on. There are the ten break. cups of They're beer in front awesome. of me that I'm going to continue yeah. to drink. Our show is brought to you uh, by MyCigarShirts.com. Check them out online. The address is MyCigarShirts.com. The shirts are great. They start under $20 and MyCigarShirts.com because cigars. Because cigars. Ian, it's time for Drinking News. Kind of touches the soul, doesn't it? Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Gather up while we gather round. Saddle up while we drink them down. I got a story and I swear it's true. And now it's time for drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news, drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. I love the theme song. I love it. You realize, though, until you get it recorded, you're going to have to bring your ukulele in every week. It might not be a ukulele every week. I might, oh. I might mix that up a little bit. But as an added bonus, I'll play this. That seems vaguely familiar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Drinking news, ladies and gentlemen, this is our uh, segment on the program where we share with you a story that may or may not be about drinking, but is probably always best enjoyed if you are drinking. And we certainly have been as we've been doing our blind taste test for Oktoberfest. Uh, so, Ian. Yes. I hate to disappoint you, but it's another week where we don't get to say a Florida man. <laughs> you know, I did write the Florida Man verse on this. I didn't oh, I play know, it today. It's an optional verse. Well, today we have a story that begins, An Illinois man is celebrating the 60th birthday of an unusual keepsake. It's a sandwich that he has kept frozen since 1960 when it was half eaten by Richard Nixon. Um, the man has kept a half-eaten Richard Nixon sandwich in his freezer since 1960. He's, um, uh, <clears throat> yes. Why? <laughs> do we have a picture of Mr. Uh, Sullivan? Uh, oh, please uh, tell me uh, we Mr. do. Mr. Jenny uh, is his name. Do you have a picture Steve, of the sandwich? Steve Jenny of Sullivan who will be pictured here shortly, uh, holding a sandwich, uh, said he was a Boy Scout. I think he's got it in a jar. Said he was a Boy Scout when Nixon visited the town of Sullivan, Illinois, during a September 22, 1960 campaign stop. The future president attended a cookout, ate half. Oh, there it is. You can see it now. That's the half-eaten sandwich in a jar and Mr. Jenny. Uh, the then-future president attended a cookout and ate half of a buffalo chicken sandwich, which Jenny took home to keep in his freezer. I looked around and thought, well, if nobody else is going to take it, I'm going to take it, he said. 
the sandwich brought him notoriety over the years, most notably with a 1988 guest appearance on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson and the half-eaten That's what sandwich. we call yeah. a very low news week. Uh, so here's the thing, though. The guy goes on Johnny Carson with his half-eaten sandwich, and then Johnny Carson gave him a half-eaten Johnny Carson sandwich <laughs> to add to his collection, and he got a paper plate signed by Steve Martin, who quipped that he had earlier used the plate to eat some chicken salad. So Jenny says his collection now includes unfinished foods from entertainers Tiny Tim and Henny Youngman. <laughs> He said, though, all right, I see. I wish I'd have known this because this right here deserves like a Neil Young style folk song. Right? Oh, yeah. Well, see, you know, maybe uh, I don't know. See, I, I usually enjoy surprising you with the drinking news. Yeah. Rather yeah. than having a, you know, having you know about it in advance. Um, finally, Mr. Jenny said the Nixon sandwich does remain. <laughs> it's the Nixon sandwich. <laughs> That's a thing. I am not a rap. Like, can um, we can we Google the Nixon sandwich and oh, see what it, happens? This guy would probably come up. That's amazing. Uh, he said the Nixon sandwich remains the crown jewel of his collection. As yes. long as I'm living, he says, that sandwich will be stored in my freezer in a container that is labeled. <laughs> the label Gary, will say. Gary says eBay auctions in the making. Yeah, the label will say, save, don't throw away. Oh. No, you know, no, he didn't name it Nixon sandwich. And it's in a muscleman's jar too. What was it? Muscleman's was that applesauce or what was uh, uh, was that? Yeah. I I know that uh, that brand. I've seen it before. Yeah. Um I think it is applesauce. Is it applesauce? Yeah, yeah I think it's I think an applesauce it jar, right? <laughs> <laughs> Wonder if that's the original jar from the sixties. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is your drinking news. Drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time. Uh oh, my cable's getting in the way. Oh, see. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When I asked him about his absent arm, he said I, I tried to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news, drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. I'd like to point out that there are other shows you can listen to out in the wild world of podcasts. You can listen to other, there's other cigar shows, there's other whiskey shows, there's other shows about craft beer. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say there's no show that has their own theme song performed live for a segment called Drinking News. <laughs> I think we're the only Number one. Number one in the world, I baby. Think we, 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 we got that market cornered. All right, Ian, it is time and for And all that before tequila. Yes. I was just about to say, it is time for you to open the tequila. Uh, as you pointed out earlier, I have uh, done you the service of taking off yeah, the initial I, wrapping. I really appreciate that, that anytime you bring in a, a bottle, you've you've already performed the hard work for mm -hmm. me. So all I have to do is actually mm -hmm. just pop it open, and and you clear the top too of the bottle so that when I pull the cork out, it well, won't splash. It, I don't have to worry about it spilling. If you got tequila all over your shirt, you're you just know, incredibly thoughtful. Uh, that's you know I I live to serve. That's how I look at it. 
You wouldn't want to get tequila all over your shirt. That might be hard to explain to the officer in charge. <laughs> all right. So this is Tres Generaciones, the Añejo tequila uh, from uh, Salsa. Uh, Salsa, known more as a bargain tequila, I think, for their regular line. But this one is... Uh, Salsa's... Sounds as good like uh, mixing. Right, no more as a mixer and stuff in the regular line, but this is this is their last drink I gave you. Well, I know where I know where the bottle is, and and God knows we've had some October. Uh, All your hard work and effort, by the way, Mm -hmm. was for naught because I did spill some on my leg. See, it's you know I can only try, I can only do so much, Ian. The rest I have to leave to you. (laughs) Bruce uh, said I googled the Nixon sandwich and the. Half-eaten sandwich came out on top. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Thank you to our uh, our cast of friends who always do the hard oh, work. Oh, this for smells us. awesome. It really does. It's got it's got a pretty traditional agave tequila. Yeah, it's it's vibe heavy it agave smell yeah. with vanilla with mm-hmm. maybe a little um, note of uh, of almond or maple in there. I get like kind of raw cane sugar, kind of okay, almost. Okay, okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. Even yeah. though I know that's not in there, it has that sugary kind of natural sugar kind of mm. uh, note to it. So, what this strikes me as on first sip is the most one of the more agave forward um, añejos. That is still giving you some of that barrel-aged uh, smoothness and um, a little bit of those oaky flavors. But that doesn't show up until the finish. The first part is really straightforward agave. Would you agree with that? Oh, man. Agave and oak, like, it's it's rare to find oak at the very front of the flavor. Mm-hmm. There is some oak on the front. You're right. The oak on the front and the agave and then it fish- finishes with this beautiful pepper warmth. Mm-hmm. There is definitely pepper and, in the And the, the tequila hug doesn't wait. <laughs> like it's right there ready mm-hmm. to ready to like scoop you You're up right. and give you a great big bear hug. It doesn't come floating back gently it's, later. Yeah. It, it is an immediate yet gentle hug. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And a lot of tequilas do have a little bit of a pause timer on their I uh, really like the hug. pepperiness in this. Yeah, yeah. It's not as peppery as the, um, if you get the regular Sousa Añejo, yeah. it's much pepperier, you know, like, and more straightforward. This has got more nuance to it. You know, uh, have you ever had something that has a heavy black pepper flavor without the black pepper burn? That's what this has. Mm-hmm. It has right. that... That that black pepper punch without the burn. It's really interesting. Um, and then the heat from the tequila itself. You know you just drank, what is the, uh, 40%? Yeah. Yeah. I like the new bottle, by the way. I yeah, think I think it's pretty beautiful. cool. So I used to drink this tequila a lot. I've kind of forgotten about it over the years, to be honest. This is one. This of, used to be one of my uh, like one before of my go-tos. we did the show. When I went to go buy tequila, this was like one of my go-to brands because mm-hmm. I knew that everything in the Trace Generations was always going to be good, and it was mm-hmm. going to mix well, and it was going to do like all that stuff. And and and, and it's not like heavily priced. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's all the whole line is reasonably priced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love tequila. 
I, w- I would love to know how our uh, our tequila expert Liliana what what her uh, view is on the tres generaciones. Hmm. Does it have all the markings that she? Yeah, <laughs> that she really it has looks the CRT for. CRT and the NOM. Yep. Mm-hmm. Heco in Jalisco, Mexico, Mexico. 100% Puro de Agave Azul. Yeah, it's got it's got what you're looking for for a premium tequila. Yeah, this yeah. this ticks like for me, and there's I've been introduced to a lot of tequilas uh, hanging out with you that I otherwise wouldn't have tried, but. That's yeah, that's but, one of the uh, dangers of hanging out with me, but uh, you know. Yes, but I this one ticks all the boxes for me. Like I really enjoy mm-hmm. the roundness of the flavor. I enjoy the bigness of the flavor. It's not a complex flavor. It's oak. It's agave. It's uh, pepper. Right. And a little bit of a, a sugary. Almost like a Maybe sugar a, cane vibe. Yeah, to, it? to me, uh. it's sugar cane kind of like sugar in the raw kind of vibe to a turbinado mm-hmm. sugar, however you want to call it. Mm. But uh, mm. okay, I'm digging that. The more I sip that, the better it starts to taste, and I love that about you know. There's a uh, there's a uh, crystal uh, tequila uh, that we had on the show. It's the Q. Remember the one with the Q on the name? It was a while back on the show. I remember. Can't remember uh, the name at all. Uh, we the the kids were over, and uh, Brianna brought some over. A bottle of it, and it was one of those things like, oh yeah, I kind of like this on the show, and so I was sipping it throughout the evening, and it was one of those things like, the more sips I took, not just because of, you know, consuming alcohol, yeah, not, but not the, the better the taste became. It was just one of those things that, as the evening went on, just sipping it very slowly, like it just started to taste better and better. So there is, and this I think is, I think there's a huge quality. validity to the acquired taste. And by acquired taste, I don't mean like something that tastes bad that you get an acquired taste for. Right, right, no, right. no. I mean what happens is, a lot of the times we get palate shock. Uh, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. you drink. It's in the simplest form. It's like grabbing, uh, grabbing a fountain drink and taking a sip. And when you expect Coca Cola, but you get Sprite, mm-hmm. you're like, ah. And you make that, like, what was that kind of thing? Even though it's not a bad flavor, it's just a different flavor. So we a lot of times suffer from palate shock because, you know, I look at tequila and I expect certain things. And right. Sometimes when we smell it, we expect certain things and it doesn't taste like that either. I have that with wine a lot. Very often my first taste from a bottle of wine, I go, okay, and by... You know, the fourth or fifth taste, I'm like, this yeah. is really good. Yeah, and we're you not know? talking about within within like four or five glasses where you're right. like, oh, I'm drunk. I really like this. No, we're talking right. about like yeah, now your palate is acclimated right. As your it. palate adjusts and kind of begins to really feel well, and experience what it's taking Think in. about how our palates respond to spicy food very much the same way. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the more spicy food you eat, the spicier the food you can handle. Right. You know, so if you if you jump into like a super spicy something on your palate, it feels really really burny. But if you start with something mild spice and then work up to a heavier spice in the same sitting, it's not as right. you know shocking. Obviously. Well, Ian, you were right about one thing. I'm not going to get to all the stories I was teasing earlier on in the show, but one thing we do have to wrap up is our blind taste test of these Oktoberfest beers. Um, you and I both need to pick our three favorites of the day. Now, we three know what they are, the our three favorites of the day, 
How did we rank them? And I will start with you. So I want to point out that um, in the last batch of them, I picked one of my uh, favorites. Uh, St. Arnold was my mm -hmm. second favorite in the last batch. So I can't use that because we're only looking at the top three. Well, but but you don't have each to pick, batch. You don't have to pick number one from every batch. Oh, see, I'm going for number one from each batch. You don't have to do it that way. I you do. can you can pick your favorites across the, the day. No, well, I'm not I'm not going to defend. What is that? I do love is that the Mandalorian where they go. <laughs> this is the way. This is the way. <laughs> I think. Uh, that's no, I'm going. going to go with my number ones across each. Um, mm -hmm. Across each tasting, because I feel like if I picked them as number ones, they were my favorite of the batches. Now it's true that if we mixed up the rest of the batches, it might have been different. But out of the three that I picked as number one in each segment, I, I'm going to. Um, uh, let's see. That's going to be number two in this segment. Uh, I think my favorites were going to be um 11 below wow and then galveston island wow and then uh the eureka heights so 11 below galveston island mm -hmm. eureka heights now keep in mind these are all number ones from what we tried today right now ones that i keep in my refrigerator pretty often the eureka heights that uh von wolfhausen is a great mm -hmm. drink of beer. It is a feist beer, and, but it's on the lighter it side. It really is good. It's and very, it's delicious. Very quaffable. Uh, to me, it's a lot like the uh, St. Arnold Gutentag. It's, mm -hmm. it's very much in that same category to me. And I didn't bring in Gutentag because St. Arnold actually has an October. Right, right. That makes so that makes so a difference. That's where we and went. they're they're similar, but they're not the same. But they're not the same. Yeah, Gutentag is a little more pencilly. And, and yes. Oktoberfest is a little more autumn, yes. is the best way I could say it. So uh, so that's where I'm going to go with it. I'm going to say, Adam, my favorite of the day is that 11 Below, and I'm really surprised by that. I haven't even seen that one, but I'm going to buy some directly mm -hmm. affecting mm -hmm. sales. What I was did you come smoking up and toasting directly affecting sales. So I'm going to say it happened. I'm going to say 11 Below. I'm going to say uh, my next favorite that I picked as a number one uh, was the uh, Galveston Island. Galveston Island, and then the next one was oh the Shiner, no Gutentag. Gutentag. Oh no, we didn't do not Gutentag. Gutentag uh, von Wolfhausen. Yeah. Um, and then, as an honorable mention, I still love the St. Arnold's. I drink it a lot. Yeah, I do too. Uh, so my my top three at number one, I'm going with the Shiner Oktoberfest. That was that the was very the traditional one. Really outstanding beer of the second segment. Mm -hmm. Oktoberfest from uh, Shiner, number one. Number two, I'll take the 11 Below, which was number one for me in the final segment. But at number three, I'm going to take the Real Ale, which was my number two was beer good, yeah. of the final segment. So Shiner, 11 Below, Real Ale, as I pick all local uh, you know, local area beers to, to round out my list. But uh, I'm telling you, yeah, really, everything. There wasn't anything we had that I didn't like. 
And I think the only thing you maybe only had one that you didn't like. So. I had one that I didn't like. So out of ten beers, nine are great. Are all they're all winners for me. They're all you, really good. You, it's like everyone gets a trophy. Everyone gets a ribbon. <laughs> Participation. I participated. I was in the blind taste test. No, it's not like that. These were all I thought all very good beers, and Ian liked all of them except for one. And uh, I am uh, just quite frankly. I'm really excited just to have some of them left sitting here in the cups uh, as we uh, round out the show. Uh, thanks for doing the blind taste test. Thanks to Adam on the Wheels of Steel for doing the pours for us and uh, uh, keeping them coming to us in a random sort of way. Uh, thanks to an Illinois man for providing us some drinking news. Oh, do I need to do an Illinois man verse now? I don't know. Maybe. I have a Florida man verse. And a Louisiana man. We've had that before. Louisiana man would be pretty good, right? Yeah. So you'll have to think of what the correct ver verse there's, would be. There's also going to have to be a Southeast Texas man. Yeah, of course, because <laughs> Southeast Texas. Southeast Texas. Uh, well, thank you, everybody, for joining us for the show uh, this week. Next week, we are very, very excited about next week's show because an old friend returns to the program, Jared Hemstadt from uh, nice. Balcones Distilling. Yeah. will be joining us. We'll be talking whiskey. It'll be great fun. We'll ask him what he thinks of our whiskey psychic prediction uh that we uh, shared on the show today and uh, and it'll be a, it'll be a great time to talk to them by the way one of my favorites my number one was a shiner beer balcones and shiner have done some very interesting collaborations this year so i'm sure jared will be uh, able to yes talk about actually that. uh we had uh the, some of the Brewers' prides on the show, mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. So it'll be really interesting to uh, talk about that and to try out. And of course, Balconies. These guys are just getting, you know, praise and and adoration from around the world for their whiskey. You know what's so. awesome? Every one of their whiskeys. Every like they're so <laughs> good. Yeah, you are absolutely right. So we have that to look forward to next week. Thank you for hanging out with us for two hundred and four of these bad boys. My name is Cruz Ian Barry. Adam on the Wheels of Steel. Have a great week, my friends, and we will be back to see you soon. And as they say in uh, smoking and toasting land, cheers, y'all. Yeah. Yeah.